Are you tired of stressing out about your marketing? Wondering how to boost your online presence, attract more clients, and become a go-to expert in your field? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm a marketing strategist, podcast coach, and the best-selling author of the Podcast Launch Playbook. I'm here to help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. Known worldwide for her best-selling books, life-transforming training programs, and highly acclaimed blog, thepositivemom.com, Elena Fernandez is a Latina storyteller, award-winning story strategist, and avid student of pain. Certified as a coach, teacher, and master trainer, Alina empowers moms worldwide with a mindset to transform pain into peace, power, and positive growth so they can experience joy, freedom, and purpose in motherhood and mompreneurship. Welcome, Alina. I'm so happy you're here today. Ah, Thank you so much for having me. I'm just honored to see you again and to be here with you. It has been years, and I'm thrilled to be catching up with you again, too. (laughs) So you have been running a successful business while being a mom to four children. How have you been able to do that? Oh, my goodness. I will tell you, it has been a whirlwind. (laughs) I'll bet. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it is, you know, for everyone, we learn to manage what we have. And so I think being efficient starts with knowing your priorities and really dedicating time to those priorities, you know, so we don't have a lack of intention. I think what we lack is is a lack of attention. Mm. And so when you have an intention to do something, just making sure that you put attention as much as you can, because some days that attention is going to be five minutes. Some days that attention is going to be five hours. And when I started, and you know this story, my girls were two and one, my oldest. So that was 18 years ago, like you said. And I could commit to 10 minutes a day and $10 a month. Mm. It was my situation as far as time and money. And yet I found that some days I could put in a little more than 10 minutes, but keeping it, you know, just really realistic and having low expectations Mm. that were negotiable, but having an expectation of commitment that was non-negotiable is really what worked for me. So I knew that I was going to do something. And it was going to be a small baby step, but I didn't really put myself, you know, in, in such a high bar of a standard that I set myself up for failure. I love that. So non-negotiable commitment, but negotiable times, because you really have to be able to do that when you have kids of any age, but especially very young children like that. Yeah. Yeah. Giving yourself the grace and the space to know that the things happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life happens. Exactly. And, and sometimes, you know, it's not just about the children. It's also about you. And yeah. and I, I learned that the hard way, of course, because you know, I did never learn to take care of myself mm-hmm. and to really value my well-being. And so I, I, you know, when I say the hard way, it started with the letter C. 
I was diagnosed uh, stage one ovarian cancer shortly after becoming an entrepreneur because, Mm. you know, I did go through that, you know, non-negotiable, you know, kind of high achieving mindset. Mm. And so I learned that I needed to really take care of myself and focus on the holistic achievement and not only the financial or the career achievement. Mm. That makes sense. When we don't take care of ourselves, we burn out as moms. We aren't as compassionate as moms Mm -hmm. and we burn out as entrepreneurs. We, I have a friend who's also a coach who says we can do it all. We just can't do it all at once. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I love that. Yeah. 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 I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. So your blog, thepositivemom.com is just fabulous. When did you start it? Well, it was in 2004. And, you know, a lot of people say like, oh my goodness, you started this blog because you're really positive and, and you just wanted to spread positivity. And that actually was not the case. You know, as entrepreneurs, I think that one thing that it's very clear is that we solve problems. Mm -hmm. And so it started out of what I saw being or feeling like the biggest problem of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was becoming a single mom and being, you know, in that at that time, a foreign country. I've been here 20 years now, Mm -hmm. but it was a new country. It was a new state. It was a place where I didn't have family or friends. And then all of a sudden, I find myself homeless, not knowing how to drive a one and a two-year-old. I'm I'm a brand new mom. So I had no idea how to be a single mom. Mm -hmm. I didn't have money in my pocket, money under the mattress or a bank account. Didn't know how to drive. I mean, it was a moment in which I looked through the whole list and said, I cannot come up with one thing that I can do to take Mm. a first step out of this mess. And it was a a very desperate moment. And my mindset shifted really quickly. And and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But what I decided is that because I felt so alone and I went from wanting to take my life to wanting to take charge of my life, I wanted to really share this with other moms and other women out there who have those dark moments and say, you know what, there's a different way. I figure it out and I'm going to be real with you, sharing these struggles, be vulnerable, because if if this can happen for, you know, for someone else, then it's going to be life-saving like it was for me. Right. When did you realize that mindset was playing an issue in what was going on? Well, you know, uh, I had been through so much trauma Mm -hmm. and my whole childhood was dysfunctional. I I grew up in a slum, so it wasn't just at home. It was my surrounding. We, you know, were surviving and didn't have the basic, most basic needs that that people, most people take for granted, especially mm-hmm. in a country such as this. And, um, you know, growing up, I was always told, 
very harsh words like I was worthless and I didn't deserve to be alive and I would never amount to anything. And it had been just this fight. And that became my inner dialogue. So most of the time, my inner motivation, you know, I survived through anger, through Mm -hmm. wanting to prove people that I could do it and that I could be it. And that, you know, I was going to show them in that kind of thing, which I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. because I'm still alive. Yeah. Thanks to anger. Anger can be motivating It is, and it's usually easier than grief. Well, it is part of grief. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, and I love that you mentioned that because it's, it's fuel mm-hmm. and, and it's like, you know, uh, now I know how to drive, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you think about it, like we, you know, I was putting fuel in my car today because I'm traveling and I got to, you know, go to the airport and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not afraid of fuel, mm. but fuel can start fires. Yeah but it can also drive my car and take me to one place from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. And it's such a blessing. And anger is like that. If yeah. we think about it, it could be that place that moves us from one spot where we feel stuck. And, and, and as we process it, we end up in a different place. Now with intention, that place looks very differently. It could, it could be, you know, one or the other. But yeah, eventually, I when I was 19, I had, you know, fast forward, I got out of the slum, I went to college. And then all of a sudden, I had the hardest year that that anyone could have in their life. And I'm talking about me because I was 19, but also because I'm human. Mm-hmm. I get in a car that it's like a public transportation. So kind of like an Uber concept or Lyft or that kind of transportation, but but public. And I didn't know that it was a perpetrator and that I was going to be kidnapped in that car Mm. and that I was going to really experience the most horrific assaults in every kind of every kind and every part of my being Mm. and and then you know I was able to escape that and I I felt really empowered that I did and then to figure out that I had to go through a trial to prove that something wrong was done to me right six months later I am in a coma because of a car accident (gasps) oh my goodness and this was 1996. I'm really young and I just, I just want to give up. I'm like, you know, my, my whole life I've been trying to prove that I deserve respect, that I am worthy of love, you know, and I just get abused, beaten up, you know, and, and all of these things are happening and I'm doing all of this and I'm working so hard and I'm fighting for my life. And I had a very, very spiritual experience. I mean, I was declared dead on the spot and then they they kind of brought me back to life and I was in a coma for eight days. Mm. And I realized that I had never grieved, which is why I love that you mentioned grief. I had never really processed. I was I was just in this doing to prove and to perform and to produce 
to be somebody, but what I really needed was that coma. What mm. I really needed, it was to not be able to move, to not be able to really do anything but feel my feelings. Wow. And so I learned that strategy. Mm. And, I, and I think that because of that, I was able to really move quickly mm-hmm. through the from the ground in the fetal position to like, I got an entrepreneurial idea. And wow. that, yeah. And, and that's one of my missions today is to teach moms, especially that when we transform our trauma, mm-hmm. our emotional pain, we not only, you know, become more powerful, but we also stop transmitting it. Oh, wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. When we don't deal with it, it's just sort of oozing off of us. It affects everything that we do and everyone that we touch. Yeah. And that, and that's why, you know, to, to your question is like, that's the only thing that really stands between us and our wildest dreams. Because Mm -hmm. once we clear that energy, we really make space for the energy of abundance, for the energy of success, for the energy of achieving because we want to help someone and we want to solve a problem versus yeah. we want to have a title or we want to prove something. It is very different. And that's, that, was, that was when I realized, wow, I created this blog and this platform just to just because of my heart, because I wanted to help others. And that's what really created what I was looking for the whole time. Mm -hmm. Only it just came to me, I attracted it because of my being. Mm, That's beautiful. So when did you move into speaking then? Yeah, so you know, it's really crazy, because as a writer, I've always been a writer and writing is how I make sense of the world. Uh, I, it's really easy to hide behind the keyboard. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, in my relationship, I I, I was, you know, really um, in a very disempowering relationship, which is why I ended up single. And, and I had all of these ideas about my accent or how I looked. And I had, you know, all of these things that I had internalized that I really needed to, to cleanse and to release and to surrender. And I didn't do it on my own. <laughs> you know how that goes. That's yeah. why we're coaches, right? Because right. coaching really is a, a vehicle to help others move from point A to point B to point C. And I was working with Les Brown. He's a renowned motivational speaker. And I was doing all of his social media work, his blogging, you know, his branding. I was, you know, kind of like the behind the scenes geek. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. That must have been fun. I know. I I still do that for transformational leaders that Mm. you and I love. And, uh, and he challenged me and he used to call me five, you know, 0.5 because I'm short. <laughs> and he's just the funniest guy ever. And so he's like 0.5. You got to tell your story. Like I saw you giving storytelling tips to my platinum speakers. Like what's this? 
And so I said, oh, no, you know, nobody wants to hear that. But one day <laughs> he's, you know, in his platinum program and I'm behind the scenes doing the pictures and taking the notes. And he calls me to the stage <gasps> as everybody's sharing their five minutes that they've polished, you know, over months and that mm -hmm. they really worked on and rehearsed. I'm called to do my five minutes that I have no idea what it is. Oh my goodness. But I had an idea what it was. And, and that's my encouragement to everyone listening. We really know the message. Mm -hmm. If we imagine that we're in our deathbed and I'm morbid because I've been close to dying so mm -hmm. many times, um, but it's really a reality. But if you were in your deathbed and you had to deliver one message to one person to carry it out for eternity, mm. you know what that would be. It, it would take you probably one a few, one minute, if not a few seconds to figure that out, for mm. that to come into your awareness. And it's just something so powerful within you that you'll know what to say and how to say it, and maybe you'll run out of time. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened to me. Mm. I just stood there, shaky legs, self-consciousness in the beginning, butterflies in my stomach. You know, if, if I was a sweater, I would be sweating. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I said that because my, my kids make fun of my, my accent when I say that. Oh, goodness. It's so fun. Yeah. Now I embrace my accent and I love it. Yes. And I say like Celia Cruz, my English is very good looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yes. And so, so I stood there and I just looked at the audience and I was in love with them and I knew exactly what I wanted to tell them. Mm. And at the end, you know, I got a standing ovation, which really was a hug to my soul. Yeah. It wasn't about the applause. It was about the, the light that I saw mm -hmm. and the light that they saw in me and the light that was in the room. And I got it. I mm. got it incredibly. I it was in 2009. I was recovering from cancer. Mm. I was, you know, I was just really in a place where I was rebirthing. Mm. And it was so amazing. And I said, you know what? It still is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I'm doing three TEDx talks this this year. Mm. Nice. <laughs> and I'm still terrified. Yeah. And it will never stop being terrifying. But what I focus on is it's worth it. Yeah. The message is not about the messenger. Mm -hmm. It's about the message. And yes. that really is the key to public speaking. That is great. And so I want to go back for just a sec to something you said earlier that when Les asked you to go on stage or brought you on stage and you thought, I don't have anything to say. That is something that so many people think when they first think about speaking or imagine themselves speaking or, or they hear, so entrepreneurs hear, oh, I should speak. Speaking would be good for my business. Like, I don't have anything to say. No one would want to hear me. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's what, like, we all go through at some point, but- yeah. It's just not true. And, you know, it's true for us because we went through trauma. We mm -hmm. went through being, you know, whether it was abuse or neglect, 
there was a point in your life in your childhood because it you know it's something that I'm trying to repattern with with the moms that I that I work with because I know what it's like to be a child and to to think that yeah. nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Yep. I don't have anything worthy to say. Right. Adults, you know, and and that turns into other adults. Right. <laughs> other people have more important things to say. My voice doesn't matter. I have to wait. And actually, you know, one of the TEDx talks that I'm doing, um, I'm delivering is about teenagers mm. and how dismissed they are. You're only a teenager. You don't know what you're talking about. You right. don't have the experience. You don't have the age. You don't have the training. And so those are messages that are are everywhere in our society. So it's not that we are faulty or that there's something wrong with us. It's that we haven't processed mm-hmm. that trauma. We yeah. haven't really given ourselves permission to be worthy people who have a worthy message. Mm-hmm. And so, as I said, I started in that coma processing, but I'm still doing the work every yeah. single day because those, you know, we got to repattern those messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an ongoing process that yeah. uh, repatterning and it's gonna say processing. It's using that same word twice. <laughs> yeah. So, how has speaking on stage helped you with your blog? I mean, it's certainly promoted it, I would imagine, and your coaching business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it, it it's a cycle. Because mm-hmm. the speaking promotes the blog, the blog promotes the speaking. Mm-hmm. But what I think, you know, as a geek as I call myself, a uh, digital entrepreneur, I think that the, the most important thing to think about is that there are different types of learners in the world. Mm-hmm. And so some are going to be auditory, some are going to be kinesthetic, some are going to be, you know, really visual. So mm-hmm. reaching more people requires reaching more learning styles. And so when you are a public speaker, you have the video and you have the audio and you know this being a podcaster that it gives you a wider range. It gives you ways to repurpose a message and and it makes you more efficient. We were talking Mm -hmm. about how, you know, I've grown this blog as a mompreneur of four and it's like when you deliver one thing, you can repurpose it in another way. So it really makes you more efficient. It helps you reach more people. And it also helps you have a cycle of cross promotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a speaker, you're able, whether you're, you're virtual or in person, you're able to connect more with your audience because mm-hmm. they can, you're inviting them into the, into your world. Yeah. You, you know, you can see the background, you can see, you know, I see your kitty right there. Yes. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, they might have my cielito downstairs, you oh. know? And it's like you connect because now I know you. Now I really see that. Um, and while blogging, it's really a private experience mm-hmm. because people want to be, you know, just kind of laid back, reading the blog, and they're doing other things. They don't want the noise or the distraction. They they don't want the lights. So it's different experiences from different learners, and it. it you know, speaking is going to be a different stream of income. With mm-hmm. my blog, I have ads, I have affiliates, I also have ambassadorships where 
you know, I received sponsored posts mm. and, yeah. you know, and all of that. So I, I have a lot of passive income and active income from my blog. With speaking, um, you can raise your your speaking fees as you become more experienced and as you uh, really hone your craft. Yeah, that makes sense. So when people first start speaking, when they decide they're they're ready to get into it, what are some of the mistakes that you see them making? I think, you know, the main mistake and, you know, it's normal, it's natural, is that they speak about what other people want them to speak. Mm. And it's like, you know, I should be speaking about X, Y, Z because it makes sense. So a logical, a logical decision or you know, so-and-so is successful and he or she talks or they talk about this. So therefore I mm. should. And and you get the idea. It's a should decision. Right. Versus, you know, an I must decision. You know, yeah. what is the message distilling? What is the message that you could deliver 90 minutes on the spot because you're just so passionate about it? Mm-hmm you know, and it evolves because I was not as passionate about teenagers until I started having, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they grew up to be teenagers. And then I I saw the voices that were coming at them that I never, you know, directed at them. And so, so it's an evolving process, but like right now, if you were to sit and think about one thing, uh, and I like to choose three things Mm. because it gives you more expansion um, so three things that you would want to talk about, three main umbrella topics mm. and choose that. And they need to be important to you. So meaningful, relevant to your skills and your expertise and helpful for mm. the audience that you want to serve. So those are kind of the main criteria. criteria. Um, and I think another mistake is to speak for free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I have, you know, a lot of people say, Elena, but, you know, I have to start somewhere. And if I get invited, am I going to say no? You say yes. Mm-hmm. And you waive your fee. Mm. And this is how it looks. Uh, you know, you send me an invitation. I send you an invoice or a contract. Mm-hmm. You know, however that looks like logistically, you're 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 both gonna know, and you're gonna say my fee is, and I'm waiving it, and this is what I need in exchange of waiving it. Mm. I could maybe make a pitch, maybe have you know the opportunity to have a freebie that I can collect contact information or a survey form from your audience or maybe I can sell my books or maybe I can just you know do something whatever that is so it's a love offering and they don't see you as a pay as a as a free speaker Mm -hmm. they see you as a paid speaker who was generous and then you know it's really different saying oh no Elena she was a great speaker and she speaks for free versus you know what Elena's fee is this. Yeah. And That's that great. is the difference. So, so not for free, 
you know, there's got to be some kind of exchange of energy because that's going to keep you also happy about what yes. you're doing. Because you're not going to see the purpose of it. And it's mm -hmm. not because it's about the money. It's because it, we live in a in a universe of circulation, mm -hmm. right? Where if you give, you receive. It's a it's a clean exchange of energy that's gonna that's gonna make things better. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes, like you said, sell your books. Sometimes a place will buy your books instead mm -hmm. of paying you. Yep. So, yep, yeah, you're making money that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're getting exposure because yeah. people will, will, even if they don't read the book, because sometimes yeah. you know, they don't, but they yeah. will have the book. Right. And it's really rare that someone will throw away a book. Right. And so you, you are going to be memorable because you are the authority mm -hmm. in that topic. Absolutely. Great yeah. point. I love that. The third thing is not telling a story. Story is how we connect with our audience and how those you know, juicy areas in the brain are going to light up so that the message is well received. Yes, we connect with stats. Yes, we want information. But when we tell a story, we're really going to become memorable. We're going to really make an impact. And people are going to be able to see themselves in the information and how it's relevant to them. And so when you use storytelling, you want to use you know, you want to be a character in your own speech and you want to put yourself in, in a setting that you describe that people can see themselves mm -hmm. because you're painting a picture. You're engaging the senses. You know, people can really hear about the smells. They can feel what you're talking about. They also can see it and, and they are immersed in that experience. So when you come in to just talk and speak about information, you're making a mistake because you're not really engaging the audience. Make it a story. Very true. That is a great point. Yeah. You don't want to feel, you don't want your audience to feel like they're back in school in a classroom <laughs> learning chemistry Yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Putting your story in there engages them. And like you said, makes them feel like they know you, which leads to liking and trusting you. And yeah, that's wonderful. Absolutely. Vulnerability is key in that connection. Absolutely. It gets your story and whole message across so much more deeply yeah. with way more impact, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's great. Thank you so much for that. That's wonderful. How can people find you to learn more about you? Well, thank you so much. I think um, the best place is thepositivemom.com and also my community, community.thepositivemom.com and on social media, surprise, at The Positive Mom. <laughs> <laughs> you make it very easy. Yes. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled you're here today and that we could reconnect like this, Alina. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. And thank you all for being here today. I would love it if you would leave a positive rating and review. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. I'll be back in a few days. So I'll see you next time on the Marketing Chat Podcast.